0: Welcome back to Kicking It With The Homie, a podcast about friendship. I'm your host, CJ Quarterbaum,
1: here with... It's your boy, Ave, Avery Dubois, chilling, sipping on some tequila and some iced tea. <laughs> which
0: means this will make for a very interesting podcast. no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah,
1: we, we're talking about uh, a serious topic today. Um, we're discussing uh, our reaction to the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, so first off,
0: yeah. So Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts in, um, his murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis last May, May, 2020. Um, so we'll start with a simple question, Avery. Were you surprised?
1: I. No. I. Yes and no. Yes and no. So like I remember, that that day, yeah, it was with like, yesterday, the day before, the day before, like, I was working and like I was checking throughout the day, like on um, the TV. Like wondering, okay, like when when's the verdict gonna come out? So on CNN, they was just like, all right, boom, four thirty is the earliest they they'll come out with the the deliberation. Um, I wound up going out on a visit for my job, and then like on my way back home, you know, just checking social media, I saw that you know it was uh, a guilty verdict and. I guess like when I saw that I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised at the same time. And it's just like seeing, like, okay, huh? They they actually got it right this time, you know. Um, so that that was that was my reaction to, to hearing the verdict. What about you? Were you were you surprised or not? I actually wasn't
0: surprised. Um, I, I saw this crazy stat and I don't have it in front of me, but it's something like Derek Chauvin was the third cop convicted of murder out of like 1500 or it, it was actually a much larger number than that. I think it's like 15,000 killings since like 2002 or so. I don't have the stat in front of me, so I'm fumbling this, but it's basically to say that it is very rare that a cop is found guilty mm-hmm. for an act like this. But the reason I wasn't surprised is because of, not not just the overwhelming evidence, because we've had overwhelming evidence before that turned into nothing, Mm -hmm. but it was more so what happened from a cultural standpoint, right? So George Floyd gets murdered. We, most of us watched this video of, for over eight minutes, him, Derek Chauvin kneeling on his neck for this man screaming he can't breathe, calling for his mother. And that went global. Mm -hmm. It's not that it just sparked uh, protests and uprisings across this country, but it went global. And the reason I knew that we were going to get a guilty verdict, even on all three counts, was I was listening to CNN just before they announced it, and they had said that this event. Spark George Floyd murals, I think it was in Pakistan. Do you understand the reach that the death of a person has to have to have murals in Pakistan? Pakistan, a place that has all of its own issues and problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew when I heard that, all right, this man is going to be found guilty. Yeah. So I, I wasn't surprised at all. But that doesn't mean I left
1: feeling good. But like, do you do you think that it was like George Floyd death, his murder, was compounded with like the the deaths of like Fernando Castillo, Michael Brown, uh Tavon Martin, uh so forth and such? Like, do you think it was like compounded? on one another, and then it's just like, boom, this video gets out. And then it's just like, all right, like, really? Like, $20 in a pandemic? Like, do you, do you think, like, that was the, the straw?
0: I, I don't think the video was the straw. Because if you remember Walter Scott in South Carolina, we saw the cop shoot him in the back and then drop. I think we could, like, dropped the weapon next to him or something. Mm -hmm. What I think was the straw that broke the camel's back was what you just said, the pandemic. I think it was the fact that we all watched this video for over eight minutes while sitting in our homes with nothing else to do. For once in our lives, we weren't distracted. For once in our lives, we didn't have something else to turn to. We didn't have something else to to grab our attention. All eyes were in this one spot and we were all already pissed off and frustrated and tired because we've been stuck inside at that point for only like eight weeks. Look at (laughs) that. we're a year into this now. (laughs) And and that I think was the straw that broke the camel's back and just led people to the streets.
1: So how, how do you feel um, after knowing that Dank Sheldon is guilty.
0: I think largely what I feel is disappointment. I am disappointed that it took this much, that it took an eight minute video, that it took a global uprising, not too far from where I live in Brooklyn, which is... I don't know, like a thousand miles away from, I'm not good at geography, maybe a thousand miles away from Minneapolis. It's far from Minneapolis. There is a mural for George Floyd. Yeah. Um. But the fact that it took this much does not give me confidence that this is the start of something new. So I, I, I've had a lot of people texting me this week asking like, yo, how are you feeling? You know, you must feel relief. Justice was served. And all I could think is it's a shame. It's a shame that this is what it took to get there. And if we really want to see, because everyone everyone thinks this is progress. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we had last summer, you know, all of the protests, all of the corporate performative wokeness, a lot of people were like, but this time feels different. To mm-hmm. so which I said, no, it doesn't. Talk to me in six months mm-hmm. when the cameras are gone, when the national attention is on something else. Mm-hmm. Talk to me then, and show enough what happened six months later. You know, we got election, we got vaccine rollouts starting to happen, all this other stuff, and it's slowly the attention slowly dissipated. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I don't people are like yeah, but this is this is a barometer, right? This is this is a sign that we're heading in the right direction. I believe that when I see the lesser profile cases. Result in convictions as well. Let me see. Let's see what happens with Dante Wright, right? Where the woman who murdered him, who had been on the job for over 20 years, mistook her taser for her gun. They don't look the same, they don't weigh the same, they're positioned on opposite sides of your body. You've had this job for over 20 years. And you couldn't figure out the difference between those two in the heat of the moment, which says a lot because you're supposed to be trained to be the level headed person in the heat of the moment. Let's see what happens with with this little girl who was just murdered, uh Makia Bryant. That's her name, Bryant, right? Yeah. Makia Bryant. Let's see what happens with that cop. Let let's see in the lesser profile cases what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think for me, I have a I have a similar stance. Um, like I, like it was, it was all good, you know. Seeing that, yeah, he he was found guilty. Um, but I just, I just still left feeling pessimistic. I was just like, yo, like I was like, okay, and <laughs> like that was that was my my reaction. <laughs> it was just like, okay, like he he got he was found guilty, but like this this doesn't. Deal with uh, the system at large. This this doesn't deal with uh, all the issues that the that is at the foundation of the system itself. So it's just like yeah, we got one. Like I, I saw the stat you was talking about, and it's just like it it's just like. Unless we we're going to do the work to uh, change what is what is happening within uh, police, within uh, other like corporate, like just tear down like systemic oppression, this this honestly means little to me. It doesn't mean nothing. It just means little to to me. So. Um. Yeah. All but, right. So
0: speaking of the system, right? A lot of people out here saying that we need to abolish the police or defund the police. Uh, where we are in New York, there are literally protests every day, specifically directed at abolishing the police. Um, I follow a few of the organizers, so I'm constantly seeing it. What do you think about that? Do you think abolishing or defunding the police is the answer?
1: I think defunding the police would be a better answer. I'm not saying get rid of uh, the criminal justice system on a whole, because that's <laughs> that's counterproductive honestly at the end of the day, but um, to defund it and to put the resources and other like, you know, mental health, uh, drug rehab, you know, other community services um, that would benefit the community as opposed to criminalizing, um, you know, people, whether they, you know, act a certain way or doing something or simply can't afford to uh, live. You know, so it's just like being able to put resources back into the community instead of militarizing the police, you know. Um, so it's like that's that's my view on on things. Um, what else? Yeah, so it's just it's just like it's it's better to defund than abolish. Like I understand the history. Behind you know, police in America that came from you know, uh, slave catchers and so forth and such. But it's just like we could not reform, just just defund, defund the damn thing. Like you know, yeah. What, what's your take on that, CJ? Um,
0: I'm gonna react a little bit to you. I I think you're right in that. I don't I don't think we can abolish the police. Yeah. Knowing the history, knowing how corrupt the system is in so many ways, crime still happens. Yeah. And somebody needs to be there when crime happens. Yeah. Um, I have family members who are police officers and actually would would love to you know sit and talk with them about them, sit and talk with them about this and and maybe even get them on the pod. Uh, to share their side of things because we've actually you know we this whole blue lives matter thing started in 2016 so mm-hmm. we've had some great conversations just around this whole notion and the blue the thin blue line the brotherhood um what they experience and go through what things how it looks through their eyes I think I actually think they would they would make for um for some great guests to just mm-hmm. give a sort of counterpoint to this but I I will agree with you on, on the defunding piece. Um, New York City, we, people have been protesting every day since the last summer about defunding the police. And I believe Mayor de Blasio's proposed budget has school funding being cut by 3% and the police budget going up by by 3%. So you, this is a whole other topic for another day, but I will happily go into it. New York City public schools are failing. Yeah. And what you want to do is take money from the failing schools to give to a already billion dollar police budget. That is a problem. I think outfitting our police officers as though they are a paramilitary force Mm. is a problem. Mm. There is no reason. In the same way when when I talk about gun control with people and I say there is no reason for a civilian to own an AK-47. You don't hunt with that. You like what are you doing with that? It, there's no reason for a civilian to own these semi-automatic weapons. In the same vein, there is no reason for police officers, whose whose motto in New York City is to protect and serve, there is no reason <laughs> for them to have military-grade weapons and gear. No. What message are you sending when you roll up like you are in the middle of some war-torn country? Who are you protecting? Who are you serving?
1: To mm, to play a little bit, a little devil's advocate, I I would say that the reason why the police need to to have all this funding and so forth and such is to, you know, pay for overtime, pay you know their their salary, their pension, you know, um, and but on the other side of things, to yeah, to equip them with these these weapons because they have to fight against, you know, gang violence and organized crime and so forth and such, and possibly terrorists in New York City. we got to protect, you know, New York City from the terrorists. Stop it, (laughs) Stop it.
0: You don't need a billion-dollar paramilitary service for what we're dealing with here. I am from the hood. I'm from the hood. I saw my first gun at a very young age. There are very few things that they are dealing with here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'm just going to talk about New York City. I'm not going to talk about anywhere else. Mm-hmm. There are very few things they're dealing with here that requires that much stuff yeah. in in our hoods. I yeah. should say. Yeah,
1: but you but start you're
0: but talking you're too- about those those other hoods and you know mob bosses or whatever that that might be a different story.
1: Yeah, but nah, stop it. But to to go back though, it's just like if if you put the money back into community you won't really not saying organized crime and gangs will disappear it would just be less of a problem you have more more people reaching out to to youth more people able to you know able to live than turn into crime to 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 deal with their their issue and that's that's mainly you know part of the reason why people Turn to crime is, is because okay, you know the system is already against me, you know, so let me let me you know get this quick money because like there's there's no other way that I can can, can make money, you know. Um, so it's just like if you pour pour back into the community, build co- more community centers, build more you know mental health you know uh, institution not institutions but build. Uh, more uh, centers that deal with mental health on a, on a holistic level, um, you know, and deal with, you know, have, have a, whatchamacallit, um, job training, um, allow, you know, people who were incarcerated to, to get back on their feet, like, basically pouring back into community. You won't have people turning to crime or what is deemed as crime, you know, to to live, and that's, yeah, I'm I'm going to beat that dead horse, like, <laughs> yeah, So, well, now
0: you're talking about wholesale systemic reform, and this is a little off topic, but it's our podcast, so we can do what we want. So let's let's go there. When you when you look at Uh, communities right and you remove hope from those communities Mm -hmm. so when you you have people in places where they feel like there is no way out for them Mm -hmm. control for race black white or other when people are in hopeless conditions highly impoverished communities you get the same thing every single time drug use violence uh drug addiction joblessness all these different things and we, we have to ask if we really want to improve these communities, is flooding them with police the answer? Of course the answer is no. Um, who is it, that dude that wrote the book, Hillbilly Elegy, JD Vance, right? He talks about this in his little Rust Belt town in Ohio, mm-hmm. that when the jobs left, opioid addiction rose, violence rose, and ultimately it was a culture of hopelessness. And that book I would say is 80% good, when he started talking about people being Trump supporters because they're poor and had nothing to do with race, he, he lost me there. But <laughs> other than that, like it was mostly good. And it, it just goes to show that when people don't have hope, this is what happens. Yeah. And when we have systems that are built on keeping some people in a permanent position in a permanent underclass position, this is what you're going to get a good, book recommendation I can give to our listeners is "Cast" by Isabel Wilkerson. Uh, it just it talks about the American caste system and inequity and all this stuff. It's a really, really great read. And so. When we talk about investing in communities, I, I look at this proposed budget as a direct problem,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because in, a part of investing in communities is investing in our schools. Mm-hmm schools are largely funded by property taxes i can tell you what the property taxes are here in brooklyn compared to long island it is i'd say in brooklyn and crown heights i believe property taxes are about six thousand dollars you go to somewhere like Lynbrook, it's fifteen thousand dollars and then you have the village taxes on top of that which brings you to about twenty thousand dollars schools are largely funded by those property taxes so whose schools are getting more of an investment
1: Schools, long-hour and long-hour schools and
0: schools, yeah. yeah. But whose who's kids, arguably, whose kids need it more? Just just looking on, on face value, on, on what the general outcome is for kids the, in this area. The,
1: the city is not about educating and building up communities. It's about just having the flashy, you know, nice buildings and gravitating. Oh, we, on. we don't
0: even got nice buildings. <laughs> I go, I pass your high school every other day. <laughs> the Building is trash. Every so often I find my way up to my old high school. The building is trash. No, I'm, not, trash I'm,
1: not, I'm not even talking about school building. I'm just talking about like what, what they're looking to build the, the city for. The city is basically a, a a tourist destination. It's for people to to make a quick buck and leave, to have a, a, a experience of a lifetime and dip. That's what the city is for. The city is not about community living. The city is not about, you know, it's no longer the melting pot. That pipe dream that was sold to us when we were growing up, oh, the city is a melting pot. It's all these diverse cultures and so forth and such. Look at it now. Gentrified city. But I'm,
0: so I'll push back a little bit and I will say, and I think this speaks to the resiliency of our people, is that we built, communities here Mm -hmm. growing up in crown heights we knew everybody on our block and the next block over like we we built something for ourselves here and i i think you're right about uh gentrification coming in and destroying that on so many levels and that again that is another topic for another day but (laughs) i could i could go on that (laughs) one can't buy a house here i can't buy a house on long island I'm just, we're we're all
1: messed up right now. But, so as we, as we end our rant, I feel like we're ranting at this point. Um, Sometimes you got to rant, bro. (laughs) How do you, do you feel hopeful about the verdict? Do you feel hopeful that this verdict will bring about change at least to the criminal justice system at most? To the system at a whole, do you do you feel that that this will bring about hope um, in those in those areas in those arenas? Nah,
0: nah, fam. Honestly, like I said before, I want to see what happens with the lesser cases. Let me see what happens for the person who gets murdered, and they don't have a mural in Pakistan, where our brothers and sisters over. In, in England are rising up too. You know, oh, let's see what happens with, with Macia Bryan's murderer. What happens with, with Dante Wright's murderer. There are, there's a countless number of names that we can go through. Uh, and um, his name is escaping me right now, but the 13 year old uh, boy that was just murdered. Yeah. I think his last name's Toledo. Toledo. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I knew when they killed Tamir Rice, this 12 year old boy, we watched that video, they rolled up on a playground and within seconds shot him dead. Mm -hmm. When nothing happened then, I knew that there was no reason to be hopeful. And now I I have to think about this, not just as I walk out into this world, but as my son walks into this world. Mm -hmm. What do I, like, I don't wanna have to have this talk with him when he's five but i know i'll have to yeah i know that the moment he steps into the classroom he is three steps behind because of the way that black children are treated in this world Mm -hmm. and for those of you listening who know him being biracial doesn't give him that leg up Mm -hmm. in in fact in, in many ways it it alienates him even further depending on which room he's in so i already have to think about how I'm going to parent him through this. When I was in high school, my mom's was mad strict. And I would wanna go hang out with my friends, a couple of us, you know, maybe five or six. And she would tell me, no, you're gonna be a target. And you know, at 15, 16, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you we know, we're going to kick it on 42nd, because that's what we did back in the day. Or, you know, we're just gonna go downtown and go to the movies, or we're going to Empire. If you are of a certain age, you know about Empire. And she and she wouldn't let me go. And you know, of course, and as a teenager, like, man, you know, my mom don't want me to have any fun. Dah, 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 dah. But at 33, I get it now. I get it now. And I it's a shame that 15 years from now, I'm gonna be looking at my son and going, nah, you can't go, bro. It's it's too hot out here for you. I don't, don't, don't wear your hood like that. I know it's cold outside, but don't put your hood up. Think about the amount of fear that Black people were walking with last year as we were told to wear a mask in cold weather, which meant we were going to have hoods on as well. Depending on what room we walked into or what block we were walking down, it was like, damn, I'm about to be a target. They about to think I'm up to something because I've got this mask on that I have been medically mandated to wear, but I also have a hood on because I'm just trying to keep warm.
1: Yeah. No.
0: So I, I'm i looking at this and yes and amen they found that man guilty put him under the jail give him all of the max sentences but i don't feel hopeful that this changes anything about how i'm going to walk through this world each and every day because as that verdict was being announced a little girl was murdered Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a week into the trial a young man was murdered Mm by the same people who are supposed to be here protecting us. Mm-hmm. I do not feel protected by them. When I get pulled over and I see those flashing lights, my heart drops into the bottom of my stomach. And if you are not a black person, if you're not a minority, a person of color, there is a good chance that you have no idea what we're talking about right now. But that feeling doesn't go away because one cop was found guilty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like- Yeah, I I don't, I don't feel hopeful at all either. And it's just like, I, I, those, those very sentiments, like, I remember, yeah, last year, just walking around, um, just with a mask. I don't, I don't think I had a hood on. Just walking around with a mask is just like, yeah, like, I don't. I don't feel safe <laughs> I'm just like' it's, it's really like the job that I do. I do sometimes walk into neighborhoods that are you know white, and it's just like it's just like all right let me let me just quickly go about my business and you know not not appear suspicious like those are literally the thoughts that that run through my head, you know, and it's sad it's sad that as a black man in America in twenty first century. Those, those thoughts still run through a Black man, a Black woman, a person of color is mine. Um, but in, in other, on other thoughts, like the reason why I don't feel hopeful is because the system is still present. Like The system is still there. That, that verdict did nothing to fight against the system itself. Like yeah. the like basically though the, the people who have power white privilege whatever they have to make those changes they're gonna have to one relinquish their privilege which we know they ain't gonna do and and two they're gonna have to change basically all the laws and and all the policies and whatever you know else that is in place. To basically favor everyone else but what's what's what am i speaking about what 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 it sounds like i'm speaking about socialism and people hate that s word oh here you go <laughs> communist <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like you know like people people until on a, on a base level, people start caring about people. People start seeing other people as people. There's, there's no hope. And you know what's hard
0: about that, Ave? You can't legislate heart change. No. So we can change a lot of laws. We can put all these safeguards in place and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, I can't make you love me. -hmm. I can't make you see me as fully human. I can't, and this is what we've all been conditioned to believe because we all believe the same lies. We've all been taught the same lies. I can't make you not see me as a threat. Mm -hmm. I'm a five foot 10, 190 pound, very solid black man with dreads. I'm a threat to a lot of people. I don't think I'm that big, but to some people, I'm a giant monster. I'm,
1: wait, I'm 5'10, I'm 135. I was skinny, it's like black you're a string man. You a string bean, and people see me as a threat. And it's just like, bro, like I'm practically a nerd. What I'm gonna <laughs> do? Like,
0: ain't, ain't no practically there. But,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you, but you're right though. Like we, we can't be too big. We can never be too big. We can never be too small. There is no, no perfect, clean cut look or or way for us to present ourselves that will make anyone love us see us as human not
1: see us as a threat Mm -hmm. yeah and unfortunately it's it's ingrained like racism is everywhere prejudices are everywhere discrimination is everywhere but like it's embedded in the dna of america i'm not gonna say this country because before you know, white settlers came, it was Native Americans, and you know, they treated this land well. But in the heart and DNA of the United States of America is racism, discrimination, prejudices, so forth and such. You know, so it's just like that's you're you're basically gonna have to like uh I know the government's listening. You're gonna, over, you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to overthrow this country. You're gonna have to overthrow the government and and to for change. You're gonna get that. You're gonna get that knock knock
0: before this episode even goes up. People, if you are hearing this now by some miracle, Avery has survived their government. I'm not planning to overthrow anything yet. But you know what? Through it all. As black people, we have always been able to smile through the pain. Mm. And I think that is that's what keeps us going here, is that we are still able to find joy. Uh and so we can we can end it on that, man. Before the government come comes and gets you (laughs) you have a little (laughs) laugh. Thank you for, for tuning in to another to another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. Follow us on the socials. Hit us up. Leave some comments. Let us know what you think, how you're feeling about this. Slide in the DMs with your reactions. Uh, We'll screenshot some answers and post them on our stories if you feel so inclined. Let's keep the
1: conversations going. We'll be back.